This is a CNA podcast. Now, Health Matters with Daniel Martin. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Health Matters right here on CNA 938. And it's an Oscar special. Uh, We're, of course, referring to the fact that we just saw the Oscars and some of the biggest stars in Hollywood walk the red carpet. And very often, particularly in the world of aesthetic medicine, you see a lot of the big trends from the red carpet trickle down. And you see people from all over the world asking their doctors, hey, I want to do what I saw my favorite actor and actress do. And a big trend that we saw, and there have been many articles about it in the last couple of weeks as well, the idea of the buccal fat removal surgery. And it results in this very sharp, straight jawline, almost a sunken cheek area, emphasizing the cheekbones. And we saw a lot of that on the Oscar red carpet. And before any of you start running to your doctor to ask for this procedure, I wanted to answer some of the questions and the health issues associated with doing such a procedure. So before something becomes a fad, let's understand it. Take charge of your health, as I always say. So I've invited into the show for this Oscar special, Dr. Elias Tan, Medical Director of EHA Clinic. Dr. Tom, hi there. Welcome back to the hi, show. Hi. hi, Daniel. How are you? I'm good. And I'm, 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 I'm curious. Look, I'll admit, uh, we saw a lot of the stars having the yeah. buccal fat surgery and the sharp jawline that happens here, a little bit more <laughs> sunken down here. Right. It looks good for the photos and for the camera and for the videos. Yeah. I get it. But what exactly is this? A lot of people have been talking about this in Hollywood. What is buccal fat removal? Buccal fat. Well, basically, buccal fat removal is to remove the fat at the cheek area over here. So when, when you remove, they do it from the inside, from the mouth, and then they make a cut and they remove the fat, which is a mid-level. And by doing that, it sort of enhances the cheekbone and making you know the face so slim, right? Like you can basically see what you will look like without bucket fat by just sucking in your lips. You, a lot of people do that for photos. I know it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the, oh my gosh. So how is it done? How is it? So a plastic surgeon would usually perform yes. this procedure. Yeah, they will do that. They cut and then they remove the fat from the inside, surgeon. from under the from the inside, from the inside. It doesn't sell. It's just pleasant. a small cut. And uh, yeah, it's, it's not difficult. But there are risks associated. You know, as a surgery itself, you may potentially injure the nerve. Mm-hmm. Or you may even end up cutting the parotid gland. Because the parotid gland is here and actually move forward. So when they remove that, sometimes you can actually cut the duct of the parotid gland. Or sometimes injure the nerve or the facial nerve. And that may cause numbness around there or even affect your smile. Gosh, so, but is this so? I see the risk there. There's a risk with any surgery, but my worry and concern is that a lot of people will be going around asking for this procedure because they saw it on the Oscars red carpet. They yes. saw it on their oh, favorite yeah. celebrity. I want to look like so and so. Yeah. So, so I mean, is this widely done in your in your experience and, and knowledge? Uh, is this done around the world? Well, I think definitely in US, maybe around Hollywood or the wannabe. Mm. But I think fortunately, it's not that common in Singapore. Mm-hmm. And most people realize that uh, it's probably not a very good procedure unless you have a Caucasian-looking skull. And by doing that, it enhances your features. There are some locals who did it because they feel that they have this baby fat mm-hmm. and they want to look more mature, especially for guys. But for ladies who want to look like your celebrity, beware, because when you do that, it may not turn out to be what you expect. Oh gosh, it's so interesting that you mentioned the the Asian facial structure and why that is important. Help me understand, why does the phenotype, why does the head shape, why does our Asian structure maybe not lend Mm. us to the idea of doing this kind of procedure? 
in general, when we talk about Asia, more, maybe more oriental, because Asia, there are many different types of people as well. Of course. So maybe oriental, where our skull is actually more roundish. And you can see that face is more roundish. It's a fuller face. Mm. As opposed to a Caucasian skull, which is actually sharper. If you look from the top, it's actually sharper. And therefore, for them, when they have a more sunken look, they just look more chiseled. But for Asian, when your face is round and you have a sunken cheek, you just look like a punch in and you just look very cathartic or something is not right. You look sick. You look old. So that's not something that is suitable for Asian face, which is a round face, a round skull especially. Yeah, I get your point. Because our facial structure, because the roundness is there, it might cut differently as well. That's so totally interesting. Yeah. So before you run off, your doctor should be advising you on what works for your facial structure. Right. Yeah, don't just jump into any procedure. Like we always say, you know, whatever procedure you're trying to do or see if you're suitable, it has to be harmonized with the rest of your facial features. Are there alternatives to a, an actual buckle fat, buckle fat surgery removal, that kind of situation? I've, but it I've... depends on what is the what is, what is the thing that's bothering you. If ah. you say that, oh, I have a little bit of baby fat, and if you are ladies, be happy because you make it look young. But if you're talking about droopy fat, then removing the buckle fat doesn't make it go up either. So there are various treatments that can tighten the skin, track lift to lift, or reposition the fat. So all those may be more suitable. And you, you feel that I want to have a more prominent cheek or something that is better um, than defining your cheek, your facial shape. You want it more prominent. You can build a bit of fillers. You can even just use simple makeup to highlight your cheek. And that may be good enough for the great evening. That's what that's why that's why I grow a beard to create that, that shape <laughs> that fake well, line. That's exactly what my son said, you know. He also has a beard like you and he said that just so that it will make him more chiseled looking. I said, Fine. You know, I don't need whatever surgery. that works. I'll just whatever grow the beard. Works. Exactly. Contouring, shading in yeah. a way. <laughs> For the guys, right? Yeah. So that's the thing. There are options, there are alternatives. Because I do agree with you. I, I'm not sure whether most Asian facial types will benefit from having sharper um, cheekbones. Is that something that is well-practiced in the Asian market that's all about the cheekbone as well? Uh, the cheekbone, yes. Very often, they would like to have a more well-defined cheekbone to make it more uh, prominent. Uh, but be careful because not everybody wants it. Hmm. Uh, in Chinese culture, if you believe in feng shui, they don't like it because they say it's not good for your husband. But if you are not superstitious, having a more prominent cheekbone does highlight your cheek, making you look having a a more V-shaped face. So mm -hmm. that's helpful. But not too much. Otherwise, it'll look a little bit too manly, right? To have a very high cheekbone. Yeah. So that's the difference. Man cheekbone is more horizontal. Okay. Female one will be a little bit more angled. Okay. And uh, just going back, as we wrap up this segment, just tying off the buckle fat surgery uh, aspect, will it grow back or not? Once you remove that buckle fat, will it grow back? Once you remove it, it's gone. So it's permanent. You, cannot, you will not grow back again. No matter how much you eat. Well, you have fat all over the place except that because by itself, fats are actually in pockets. So wherever you remove, there will be no more fat in that particular pocket. So this is a real important decision before jumping into it. I mean, this could be a permanent change to your facial structure and facial look altogether. And then you'll end up coming back needing to do fillers to fill it up and other things. So yeah, it's better to be certain that you really, really would 
benefit. So if you feel that your face needs to be slimmer, there are many other ways to achieve it without removing your bucket fat. That is a key message. So if you saw that trend on the Oscar red carpet, that's why I wanted to do this show to make sure that people understand that it could have a permanent impact in terms of how you look and you need to speak with your doctor and work collaboratively. Maybe get a second opinion, find out what works for your face. Let's say we've got that wedding, uh, I'm sure this happens mm. to you a lot as well, right? Oh, yeah, People yeah, come yeah, up to yeah, you and they say, yeah. I've got the wedding in the six time. months. I have to look good for the wedding photos. Uh, all the relatives are coming to see. Or let's say you've got a big red carpet event. Star Wars Absolutely. is happening as well around the corner. Right. Let's say, where do we start? What, what are good ways to prep? I think the first things first, and we saw this mistake on the red carpet as well. Some people might do procedures too close to the actual oh, yeah. event and we mm -hmm. could tell certain celebs yeah. still look a little I mean recently for example yeah. Madonna got a lot of flack for looking too bloated um, yes. obviously an indication that perhaps the surgery was done too soon timing is important isn't it? Totally so there are many things that can happen if you are doing a procedure that's too close to the event mm. it may be the swelling itself it may be some bruise or you may find that the face is still too stiff, mm. right? Especially if they have done some botulinum toxin to reduce the wrinkles. In fact, everything is not normalized yet. So if you have time, um, that is great because if you have done a procedure and you don't not and you do not like the result, there is time for you to tweak it or to get rid of it or to improve upon it. Things can be done to make it better. How many so months? How many weeks? Time. Well, the the more time you have, the better. Um, I would just saw a, a couple not getting married, but the daughter is getting married. So they want to look good for the big event for the daughter. <laughs> so things like that. Um, yeah, so they have about, uh, I think, June. So they still have three months mm. and they're getting ready. Why? Why are they having three months? Because when the first son got married, they realized it too late to, you know, and, and they couldn't get it in time. Um, and the daughter-in-law is the one who recommended them to come and say that, oh, actually I spent she and her father actually spent uh, six months getting ready for her own wedding. Wow. So now that the so she brought her in-laws to come and said, okay, you need to get ready. You need time. You cannot just last minute and say, I want to do something. It's not enough time. We had one who came two weeks or less than two weeks, just one week. And I didn't know about it. She has a lot of pigmentation and we did the uh, intense pulse light and lasers. And she was peeling. She was still getting rid of pigmentation. Fortunately, more than 50% or even maybe 80% has dropped off. So it was not too bad during the wedding itself. But had it been two weeks, the mother-in-law would have looked great, right, for that case. So in this this time round, a different couples, they realized, okay, we better have time. So we started doing it today. We'll see her again next month, treat it a little bit. And by the time the, the weddings for the youngest daughter come, they should be quite ready for it. That's, don't hide it from your doctor that the big event is next week. <laughs> uh, <laughs> let your doctor know, it's like, hey, I'm getting ready for something and it's next week because he or she might then say, okay, you're not suitable for this procedure yeah, because you're going to be peeling next week yeah. and you don't want to be peeling when exactly. that happens, right? So so sometimes downtimes can be... I've also heard this phrase that some doctors say like, okay, optimal results will come two months mm -hmm. later, for example. Very often. Very often. So this could be, for example, with some botulinum toxin, some fillers, that kind of stuff. It takes Anything. time to settle. Biostimulator, especially. Biostimulator take two months. If you have freeze the fat or you have done uh, liposuction, three to six months to get your best result. So many things takes time. Mm. 
Timing, timing, timing. That's a most important thing to bear in mind. And also the Asian face and structure. Dr. Tam, bearing in mind the Asian face, the Asian structure, as you talk to us about, so important to recognize what works for you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. What can be recommended for somebody who's looking to get red carpet ready, let's say, now that we know timing mm -hmm. is so important? Yeah. So depending on the age group, for someone who say relatively young, they want to just get a little bit of enhancement. So they may be going for a little bit of fillers over the cheek just to highlight it, a little bit of the chin to make it having a more pointy face. Mm. Simple things. Or even a bit of fillers for the forehead so that when the light shine on it, they get a more pronounced middle projection. Ah, we're thinking about the, the photograph chin. here, is it? Yes, because for, for Asian, we tend to have a flatter face. So we tend to try and put some fillers to highlight the cheek, the nose, or the forehead, and the chin so that you have a better projection and the facial feature will look much better on photos. So that is a simple for someone who is young, mm -hmm. just enhancement of the features. For someone slightly older, they say, okay, I want, I am looking a little bit tired. I want to look better on the red carpet. Then we may want to do something that will help to improve by giving some immediate skin tightening effects. So it may be something like a high intensity focus ultrasound to just help to lift the face a little bit and make it a little bit firmer. You might actually also do some fillers near the tear trunk to make them look less tired. So they are simple things. It's fast and hardly any downtime. And you can be ready within a few days before the big event. What I like about the things that you just recommended as well is they are also temporary in nature. It's not going to be a permanent change no. to your facial structure. non-surgical, hardly downtime. It's just quick and fast and you can see the result and you can go for your event. That's the thing, because what I worry about is if, you know, uh, people make big, they've seen, look, we've seen some of the horror stories uh, on the Oscars red carpet as well. The point <laughs> is you worry like, oh no, is it going to be like this forever? So uh, it, it needs to be a step up process, right? When you're exploring the world of aesthetics and aesthetic yeah. medicine, let's say, it shouldn't be about going in and going straight for the surgery. It should be going in and maybe seeing what works for your face. And the idea mm -hmm. is seeing what works for your lifestyle as well. So it might start small. Yeah, normally I, I you know, when they look, it's a journey. And um, my patients, me, many of them, 10 to 20 over years. Uh, it's like a, I'm like their coach and I guide them. And I, you know, along the way, we see how they have changed in terms of their facial shape, mm. skin condition, and we recommend what is suitable at that point of time. It's like a marathon. And doing treatment on the skin is like a skin exercise. Mm. So you need to do the different exercise, different treatment to get the skin healthy. No, it's not just about doing treatment. It's also lifestyle and it's, it's a holistic approach. So as to make sure that the patient would be able to sustain it. It's not about doing a lot at one go, but what can you do over a long period of time? And we may cycle the different treatments to make sure that every layer of the skin, every structure is taken care of. Just like a good exercise coach, they make you go through different stations, different kind of exercise. That's what we do. We make sure that every component is well taken care of. I like that. That's important because really the healthiest skin, when you think about it, is somebody who is controlled their stress, is eating and yeah. drinking well, is getting enough sleep because it's really from the inside out. The skin is an organ at the end of the day. Totally. Totally. Okay. So, so that's, important. Yeah. That's the key point. Work with your doctor. Make sure your doctor is asking you these questions about changing, making those lifestyle changes as well uh, so that you don't end up as one of those uh, horror stories that we see on the red carpet. <laughs> no. Dr. Tap, always a pleasure. Thanks for coming on the show. Yeah.
Most welcome. It's our Oscar special. Thanks to Dr. Elias Ta, medical director at EHA Clinic. So again, a real key important takeaway here is the idea of working with your doctor and making sure that your doctor is asking you the right questions and giving you the right advice that suits your Asian face structure, that is working with your lifestyle habits, that is working from the inside out as well. Like I said, the skin, it's the largest organ on the body. What really works for it and getting it healthy from the inside out. I'm Daniel Martin. This has been today's edition of Health Matters. Stay always in the best of health. Before making any decisions based on the information in our program, please consult a medical professional.